ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another episode of the 526 Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hollihan, back here on this Wednesday evening where St. John's falls to the Xavier Musketeers 88-77. to Not a great night for the Red Storm. A loss that you could not have at this point in the season. All season long, St. John's has been a better team than Xavier um, in the win-loss column, from the eye test to the matrix to whatever have you. But unfortunately, they were not the better team tonight. And it was an unfortunate defeat for St. John's. The effort defensively was not there. They were poor on the defensive end. Piss poor. They got out-rebounded 44-34. to And in terms of um, points off turnovers... Xavier had 12, and in fast break points, they had 28, which is where Xavier is most dominant, and St. John's press was a non-factor tonight, and those were the words that Sean Miller used to describe Mike Anderson's press from last year, if you remember, um, and it felt like a Mike, it felt like a Mike Anderson coached game, in my opinion. And listen, I mean, that's just the way it felt for me. You know, um, the words of, well, we just came up a little bit short were ringing in my ears as I watched St. John's time and time again. I mean, it was really weird how it felt like they'd get to just about five and then they couldn't cut it to three because Xavier would come right down, go one-on-one with the defender, and get right to the cup and get a lay-in. I mean, it was just absolutely alarming. Um, Quincy Olivari, 23 points, four from eight from beyond. That was another thing. St. John's did not defend the three-point shot well. Their transitions... They were late. We saw Sean Conway at one point. I mean, listen, it's I'm not going to kill Sean Conway because he shouldn't have been out there to begin with. But it's unfortunate that you know he couldn't give you um, in the short amount of playing time that he saw tonight uh, three minutes of some of his best stuff because he missed a layup. He was uh, late to cover a three point shot that went, and ultimately St. John's just. Um, could not defend the arc. They couldn't shoot either from the outside. Two for 14, which two both three-pointers were made by uh, Danis Jenkins, who had a brilliant night. He had 25 points, 11 for 17 from the field. So, you know, he was the only one that seemed like he got off the bus today, and it seemed like it took Joel... Um, a little while, but eventually he got there as he gave you 21 points and 15 boards, but it wasn't enough from him. Jordan Dingle, who early on looked solid, gave you 12 points, um, got to the line um, a decent amount, and in the first half really lived at that free throw line as he was 7 
points and five for six from the line, but was nowhere to be found in the second half. Um, and really, it was a tough effort from Naheem Aleen, first game back from injury. R.J. Luis picked a wrong night to have an off game. Brady Dunlop, who's been on a slide, he gave you 12 minutes of not his best stuff, and that's kind of been the case for the freshman lately as I think teams are kind of adjusting to him and they're not giving him open looks anymore. But unfortunately, it's been a while since we've really seen him get it, get, you know, get it going from beyond. Um, and it just wasn't enough tonight for St. John's. It really wasn't. Uh, there was no, no defense tonight in Cincinnati. I mean, we know it's tough to play in Cintas, but it was brutal tonight the effort they gave defensively was pathetic once they got into the half court they should have switched and said you know what? we're going to zone because xavier beat the living crap out of them going one-on-one i mean it was not even a contest in there i mean i kept saying it to myself i'm sitting here we'd cut it to five then i'd say it's not going to matter xavier's going to come down take one of our defenders pull him out go one-on-one get an iso get to the cup and get two, and then it's back to seven, and then who knows what happens the next time down because then there would be so much pressure to go down the next time you get a bucket. Now, St. John's, the final 10 minutes, miraculously, they were able to tie us up at 75 with the, at 73 too, um, but with a spirited effort there. They really got it together. They were down by eight with 559 left to go and then you saw um you know they they started making a run um you started seeing things from St. John's where uh Joel Soriano was able um to get you one back uh and then you saw um, or excuse me, I said eight. They were down by six with uh, six ten left to go. Excuse me, down six, but they were able to bring through a spirited effort, and unfortunately, it it wasn't enough. Um, you know, and they could not uh, could not get back in it once they tied it at seventy five, and then Xavier just went out on a went out on a run. Um, you know, Ledlam got called for a personal and then that was pretty much all she wrote once, you know, they knocked down two free throws and then, uh, they had a missed three pointer by Jenkins, who I think was killed for that. But ultimately, I mean, he was your best player all night. Um, it sucks that someone else couldn't have been there to, um, be in that moment. I mean, it shouldn't even... Honestly, Dennis Jenkins shouldn't have been in that position. If you want to kill him, go for it. But he shouldn't have been in that position against Xavier. You're the better team than Xavier. It seemed like, just like the fan base, they were looking ahead to facing number one ranked UConn at the Garden. And uh, when Olivari made it a five-point game with a minute 57, it was like, all right, that just feels like all she wrote, and then he made it six with 124, and then it was really, that's the dagger, and we're we're done. I mean, we are done at that point. So, 
Looking ahead to UConn on Saturday, obviously you're taking on the number one team in the country, but, I mean, you come out like this and you're going to get waxed. I mean, it was already a far-fetched shot of us beating UConn. But from what I saw tonight, we're not playing our best ball. Villanova beating them by 20 was really nice. But let's face it, Villanova is just an NIT team. We were kidding ourselves, I think, when we said that, um, you know, we have the makings of a possible Sweet 16 run. At this point, from what I'm seeing from us, if we're lucky enough to slip in, which we got a long ways to go still, I mean, but it's St. John's just looks like they're going to be just a team to fill out the bracket, which ultimately we just want to make it. But I didn't want to just go to March Madness for a cup of coffee. I wanted to go in there and maybe see if we could steal a game or two against you know, a team, but even though we're going to be in, you know, or possibly next week into Lenardi's, um, bracketology, I mean, Providence lost tonight, but Florida beat Kentucky, which is a big win for them. And I think that'll bump them up over us. You know, you kind of look around Northwestern lost, which is good. Um, but you know, you see, well, can we get lucky with the Seton Hall loss? Can we get lucky with the Butler loss? Like, we're now looking around at different teams that we're going to need a lot of things to go right. Virginia has gotten a win, and they're kind of chasing, um, you know, chasing St. John's right now. A lot of things, you know, that if they had won tonight would not have been a factor because that would have been a good win on the road and give you some confidence going into the Garden Saturday to take on UConn. But that doesn't happen. I mean, and in my opinion, I'm not putting this solely on the players. This is everyone. This isn't just a loss that, in my opinion, falls solely on the St. John's um, players that saw the floor tonight. Like, everyone had had a hand in this. I mean, you know, it's not like, oh, man, we were up by eight and then all of a sudden they climbed back. Like, no. This loss you look back on at the end of the year and you're going to say why, you know, what was the reason why St. John's didn't make the tournament? And it starts from Xavier. I mean, really, it felt like I was watching the game against Michigan. I thought we had come so far from November 13th in the second game of the season. But clearly that was not the case, as tonight we looked just as putrid defensively as we did against Michigan. And after one of the best games we put together all year last Wednesday, a week later, what the hell? You know, what the hell? Um, I think after a month that started off really well, you're happy to see it end and you hope we turn the page into February and we get this thing going against UConn. I watched them tonight against Providence. I mean, Providence was able to hang in with them, and I think I would have thought that UConn would have pretty much beat Providence by about 10 because I would have thought they they have separated themselves as the best team in the Big East. But that's the other thing. I think this St. John's team, You know, we're seeing guys that felt really good about beating Villanova by 20. Like, listen, guys, they keep telling you it. 
I don't know when the message is going to hit, but this isn't playing Columbia anymore. This isn't going up against Manhattan for you uh, Ivy Leaguers and your MAAC guys. Like, this is the Big East. Sure, Xavier's in the bottom of the barrel, even though you are now tied for fifth with them. Like, you're going to get everyone's best each night. It doesn't matter if it's the bottom team in the conference. You're going to get the best out of each and every team. And with a performance like that tonight, it seemed like you guys had too high of a head of about yourselves. And that was um, pretty, pretty crappy to see. Pretty crappy to see. But, you know, you got to move on to UConn. Flush this one. Put it in the back of your brain. Because hopefully... Like Xavier on December 30 or 20th, rather, they were able to turn the tide tonight against the Red Storm. Hopefully, you can take it to the Huskies in a game that's going to feature a majority of the crowd. I hope it's not going to be, but St. John's most likely won't be leading um, in one category, and that's fan attendance, as UConn is going to, I'm sure, pack it. And I, I mean, that's got to be your motivation tactic, right? If you're Rick Patino. Like, you got to say, you know, to the guys, like, listen, I'm changing the location of next year's game, or at least hoping to, because their fans are going to come in into our house. They already call it Stores South. Like, we've got to go in there and put our best ball in to shut up the New Englanders and the UConn faithful. Hopefully they do that. Because I'll tell you one thing. Anytime we take on UConn at the Garden, and I, I mean, I'm not exactly, you know, telling anyone anything they don't already know, but UConn it makes it, truly makes it stores south. And I hope that changes on Saturday, but we'll see. Um, because put uh, 40 minutes of basketball tonight against UConn, You'll be lucky if you, I mean, we lost by 9 tonight. You'll be lucky if you lose by 19 because that team's going to kill you going if you show up one on one. Like, the effort we have had this year against UConn, against um, Creighton on the road, and UConn on the road as well, at home against Marquette shorthanded, and you were able to come out of those games losing by a combined six points but then lose tonight by nine to Xavier. Like, what the heck? I mean, it felt like there was, like, Seton Hall lit on the basket, and it felt like we couldn't get back defensively um, on the break like Michigan and defend in the press. So that's going to do it for me, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time, and um, we'll see what happens. But St. John's, it just dug itself a pretty nice hole here as we try to – get to march thanks everyone for tuning in and as always i'll talk to you next time the darkness is to keep us up and if the daylight feels like it's a long way on. and if you're glad